You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And even though we own them, we pretend to rent them. That's right. And this week, we are talking about the sort of undiscovered gem from 1989, Earth Girls Are Easy. I'm going to show you something that's going to totally change your life completely forever. She's a brunette from Southern California. And he's not. I need romance. I need surprises. A UFO landed in my pool. They captured me. I fed them Pop-Tarts, but you've got to cut their hair. What did you say? They may be from outer space. So, they can still be dates. I think we could just make them look more sort of human. Hey, come on, everybody. We're doing a makeover. But underneath, they're more than human. Wow, they're incredible. I could fix you up with some bodacious chips, just like that. I can't believe you're printing an alien in front of all these people. I'm going home with him. Are we limp and hard to manage? Wait a minute, are you, like, coming on to me? Her boyfriend's a doctor. I've never, ever been unfaithful to you. Whose treatment is totally alienating. Here comes. Dr. Love. And her new love's an alien who's more than accommodating. Do you own your own home or do you rent? Gina Davis, Julie Brown, and Jeff Goldblum in a film directed by Julian Temple and produced by Tony Garnett. I just don't want you to think Earth Girls are easy. Earth Girls are easy. Woo! I'd never seen this. Uh, you never seen this before I told you to watch it? Nope. You, had you heard of it? Yeah, I had heard of it. Uh, it was definitely on syndication. And I've seen it in clips. I've seen many clips of this. Uh, especially when people would talk about older Jeff Goldblum before he hit it big. It's so weird that I had gone so long without having seen it. Because I, as a kid I was such a big Jim Carrey fan. And I tried to see all of his movies, like Once Bitten, and which this kind of feels like a lot of his early stuff. But uh, I didn't know that this even existed. This was before IMDb, you know, when we had to actually find stuff at the video store or, or catch it on TV to know, you know, who was in what. I caught this on Comedy Central midday. I was a kid. It was probably in the summer, so I was probably off of school. Uh, and I just caught it at, like, a noon show on... Comedy Central when they would just show weird movies. They did this a lot. They showed a lot of weird movies on Comedy Central back in the early, early 2000s, late 90s. Uh, and then I caught this. And I've loved it ever since. And I've been singing its praises and trying to spread it to as many people as I po- possibly could after kind of finding it then. Yeah, I didn't even know Jim Carrey or Damon Wayans was in this until I popped it up on Amazon Prime. When he when they come on screen, well, first of all, Jim Carrey starts him and Damon Wayans start as aliens, and yeah. I was like, 
Is that Jim Carrey and <laughs> yeah. Damon Wayans? Yeah. And I think I think when I caught it, I didn't I caught it like near the beginning, so when they were still aliens on the ship, but I didn't catch the credits. So like I literally had that moment when I caught this movie on TV. I was like, is that Jim Carrey under a bunch of fucking hair makeup and stuff? <laughs> is that a blue Jim Carrey? Is that a yellow fucking Damon Wayans right now? <laughs> yeah. Talk about star power in this. Didn't Gina Davis win an Oscar like when this was released? Yeah, she won it. This came out in 89 and she won an Oscar in 88 for The Accidental Tourist. And she was also nominated for Thelma and Louise, so... Wow. Yeah. Talk about coming a long way. I'm not like, it's just when you see her in this role and then think she was also doing Academy yeah. nominated winning type things. You're like, wow, what an actress. Yeah. Like, she, this is probably just something she really wanted to do. You know, like it had to be. So I guess for those who don't know what this movie is, which I'm assuming there's a good chunk well, of you. I watched the movie and I'm still kind of trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> That's why it's wonderful. I will I'll, let me break down the box art and then so I can get to the synopsis here because I'm sure people are like, wait, what? Gina Davis, Jim Carrey, David Wayans, 1989. What is this? Just wait. It's a musical. Uh, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so here's here's our cover. So Earth Girls Are Easy is uh, in a planet. And it's got a ring around it, and it's like hovering over Los Angeles, and we just see the lights from the city. And then we see an animated ship sort of with its trail around the planet and hovering over uh, Los Angeles. And it's Gina Davis, and we didn't even mention this yet, and Jeff Goldblum. This was, they did uh, The Fly, Transylvania 65000, and this. This is the trilogy of their team ups. Man, what a weird trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I love. Two of the three of those. You've seen Transylvania? No. You haven't seen that one? No. Oh, we got to do that then. That's a treat. It's it's a buddy team up between Jeff Goldblum and Ed Bagley Jr. Isn't someone a vampire? And Gina Davis is the vampire in it. And there's a bunch of monsters in it. It's sort of like they're investigators and they find all the monsters. Yeah, I, I've seen the VHS cover, but not the movie. It's wonderful. It's yeah. absolutely wonderful. It's so funny. Another Comedy Central movie, actually, for me. It's one I caught on TV. Like, I'd never heard of, caught, and was like, what is this? These movies must have been affordable for them to buy and put on syndication. Probably, because they're just so weird. Nobody was asking for them, and Comedy Central, so smart, was like, well, instead of just buying the hits, let's pick up these cheap fucking weird ones that nobody's ever heard of, and, like, literally introduced me and a bunch of other weirdos like me to these movies, basically. So, God bless them. Uh, so yeah, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum are on this ship, and our tagline is, Out of this world, down to earth, comedy adventure. Our cast on the top here above the title is Gina Davis, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans, Jeff Goldblum, and introducing Julie Brown, who is, of course, Uptown Julie Brown, the MTV VJ. Yeah, this is, I remember her very vaguely when I used to go over to my grandma's house who had cable, because yeah. we didn't. My dad refused to pay for... I'm not paying for TV. <laughs> you get it for free. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't get MTV. And I want my MTV. <laughs> I need my MTV. So we, fl we flip it over to the back here. And this, this is what this movie's about, if you've never heard of it. Need a lift? Then you're invited to get wild in an out-of-this-world party called Earth Girls Are Easy. Academy Award winner Gina Davis, <laughs> Beetlejuice... 
Jeff Goldblum, The Fly, and the multi-talented Julie Brown co-star in this musical comedy that alienates you in the most wonderful way. Three furry aliens, played by Jeff Goldblum and stand-up comedians Damon Wayans and Jim Carrey, splash down in Gina Davis's pool, finding that life here on Earth is just fun, fun, fun. And it's also romance, dancing, TV, adventure, music, and makeovers. The extraterrestrial trio have no idea how wild Earth girls can be, but they're about to find out. Three aliens are set free in Los Angeles for a wild weekend that you've got to see to believe. Get ready for Earth Girls Are Easy because this is going to be fun. Peachy. <laughs> it makes it sound like Gina Davis won her Academy Award for Beetlejuice. Yeah, the way they have. Or this movie. Like like the way they're just like Academy Award winner Gina Davis. Did she win for Earth Girls Are Easy? <laughs> oh, Beetlejuice? Oh, no. There's no mention of X and on here whatsoever. It's <laughs> a wacky synopsis and quotes yeah here's our quotes uh from the critics here why not have a mental margarita and take off with earth girls usa today it's the tastiest thing to come out of a space program since tang time the jetsons meets repo man the village voice that's the one where i could not figure out when i read that i'm like wait what (laughs) our pictures here is like a romantic picture between uh gina davis and jeff goldblum and we get Julie Brown just looking cute. And we've got the three aliens uh, in their furry alien attire. Jim Carrey's all red and furry. Damon Wayans is all green or uh, yellow and furry. And Jeff Goldblum is all blue and furry. And they've got these weird little helmet things on their heads. It's, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> it's like Teletubbies meet the Grinch. Yeah, that's what they look like. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Very weird. Are we ready? Are we ready to pop this thing in? Are we ready to get into this here? Yeah, let's pop it in. All right. Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. All right, the trailers on this. What do we get? So it starts off, the first thing we get after our sort of FBI warning is a commercial for a Hollywood psychic. What secrets can the stars in astrology reveal to you? Let famous syndicated columnist and White House astrologer Joyce Jilson prepare your personal horoscope. Now you can have the success that is your divine birthright. Let astrology help you like it's helped the rich and famous for centuries. Just call me and allow me to give you the information that could dramatically change your life for the better. Call me, let's be partners, and I'll help you make money, love, and success part of your lifestyle. Yay, we're finally going to become rich and famous. Yes, uh, she will tell you your horoscope. She will tell you the keys to money and love and uh, success and finding your way in this world uh, by getting your daily horoscope, which is, uh, if you've noticed when this commercial ended, it is a dollar a minute. Damn. Yeah, well, you don't have to be a psychic to know that she's ripping people off. Yeah. Well, she is the also the White House horoscope specialist. Yeah, I picked that up. So is she saying she was Reagan's or Bush's? I don't know. But that's absolutely insane. Or maybe, maybe, or maybe Carter. Maybe, maybe all of them. Maybe she has just always been the White House horoscope person. Or maybe she just made it up. Or yeah, maybe she just knew we all immediately believe it when yeah. she said it. She read one person's fortune in the White House, and now she's the White House psychic. Yes. <laughs> uh, at, at the end of this commercial, where it's it's a 
deliciously 80s thing. Uh, I think Steve is going to throw one of them up on the Facebook, right? You'll be able to see this here. Oh, this commercial? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can throw it up. Yeah. No problem. Uh, it's deliciously 80s. You you got to watch it. Uh, check it out on the Facebook page. And then we get that followed up with a trailer for The Rainbow, a Ken Russell movie. And my familiarity with Ken Russell is like gothic and the devils and all these weird like sexual arty artsy horror movies and there's this melodrama like this period piece melodrama about it looks like a a pride and prejudice kind of story yeah except the trailer is so melodramatic i thought it was a comedy and i yeah i had to be like no 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 this is serious (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh oh man it's it's really walking that tightrope there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I watched it, I would turn it off. Uh, but first, we'd probably laugh at it. Yeah, I don't think I want to watch this movie. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like the reason they put this on because this is the only trailer we get. We get the commercial in the trailer, and then of course we get the stay tuned after the feature. But we get yeah. that trailer. I think. Just judging by the description on the back, I think they're trying to market this movie squarely only to women. And it's supposed to be like a Valley Girl movie. And they're thinking melodrama will sell to women. I think that's what they're doing here. Yeah, I think kind of like how Clueless did basically 10 years in the future of this, where it's, you know, four women. Right. Where it's dressing them up and they're doing makeovers right. and whatever. Now, when you see the film, it's not it's it's got that in there, absolutely, but it is sort of this weird for everybody nonsense. But uh, I think that's what they're thinking with the marketing here. Yeah, I think this movie kinda has I mean, I understand why it's become a cult classic, because when you watch it, there's a lot of there's a lot to like. But uh, when it comes to marketing this and who to sell it to, no clue. Yeah, yeah. This is a difficult sell to people. And I think that's how it just like ended up as like a movie that people caught on TV. It's almost like Little Shop of Horrors where you're like, it's a musical and a comedy. It's goofy. It's got sci-fi elements in it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah, this definitely has a Little Shop of Horrors feel to it for sure. I think, though, if I saw this VHS cover in my video store, though, I think I'd have picked this one up. Maybe. I don't know, though. See, yeah, it's kind of looking a little... Maybe if I just saw the back with the weird aliens. If yeah. I was a kid, I'd, I'd probably rent it. Uh, if I was a teenager and as soon as I saw Julie Brown there, I'd be like, oh, I'll rent that. <laughs> you know, we talk about this film. Um, Julie Brown was just basically selling boobs. Yeah, I mean, but that's like her thing. It's like... I guess I just forgot. Because yeah. I just remember she could sing. She can sing, and she can act, yeah. she can dance, like, she wrote the songs for this movie, like, she yeah. wrote the movie, she wrote the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's what surprised me, I was like, wow, you're, you, you can sing, write, dance, fuck, what can't you do? Yeah, no, she is amazing, and that's why she's still, she's still in stuff today, she still pops up yeah. in stuff, like, she's, that's why she's still working, because she's fucking amazing and can do it all i guess just when you work for mtv as one of their vjs i just assume you're like hollow yeah you're just like hot yeah you can just like be a sexual item and 
sell music videos. But I'm learning things today. <laughs> People can be more than an MTV VJ. Yes, and this is a prime example of such. You ready to pop this thing in? Yeah, feature presentation time. Let's get to it. And now, our feature presentation. Matt, tell me about this wonderfully weird film. <laughs> Where to begin? Yeah, so we, we start off, uh, I mentioned already, we start off with the aliens in the ship, and that is the beginning of the movie. Like, this is straight sci-fi. We see aliens on a spaceship, uh, and Jim Carrey, who is, like, at the height of In Living Color right now. Like, Damon Wayans and Jim Carrey are in In Living okay, Color. Okay, right so I, I was wondering if this was, when did In Living Color start? 88, 89? I think so. Somewhere around there. And right. This is 89, so this is like, and Living Color is on the air. Yeah, and it ran yeah. through about to the mid-90s, 94, yeah. 95, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. I loved it as a, I mean, I, I, you could put that in now, I'd watch it. I often consider In Living Color to be one of just my favorite shows ever. Because it was it was sketch comedy like a Saturday Night Live or something like that, but it was so much meaner and so much darker and so much edgy, much more edgy that yeah. I loved it. I, it was my favorite. Yeah, I came into age at the beginning of In Living Color, The Simpsons, Roseanne, Married with Children, yeah. all these like counter Reagan families of right. the 80s. Right, these edgy shows. Yeah. yeah. I, I always consider Married with Children one of my favorite shows of all time, too, because these shows at this time were brilliant. And they definitely knew they had something with Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans here. Because they immediately... You, you almost... They almost disappear in these alien makeups, but immediately you know it's them because of their goofy-ass shtick from the very beginning of this film. Yeah, I don't think they wrote... A damn thing down. Well, maybe Julie Brown just wrote, oh, the aliens are acting weird and see Gina Davis and crash land on Earth. And then just like, okay, pick two talented, you know, weird, funny guys and just let them go in a room. Because that's what they do. They just like are just going. Yes. They just riff and they do their thing. Also, I I didn't even mention it. This is is from a very prominent 80s music video director, Julian Temple. He was a superstar at this time. Okay. Uh, right. as in terms of like MTV. So was this his shot at like a feature film? Or I don't know if this was his shot or if this was just the job, but like it definitely oozes style. Yeah. Like I, I don't, it, it definitely feels like an 80s music video director doing a movie. Well, when they do the, the makeover sequence, because like Ted doesn't want to have sex with his fiance, soon to be wife, that makeover scene. That is really fun. That's it. We'll make you blonde with blue eyes. I don't know. Maybe when I get back from the mail. No, expo. skip the expo. Stay home and ambush Ted. Well, what if he doesn't like it? Oh, at this point, what have you got to lose? Oh, I don't know. Hey, come on, everybody. We're doing a makeover. <laughs> A pear. A butch. A butch. A facial. A facial. A body wrap. A body wrap. Gravel scrub. A gravel scrub. Bikini wax. Bikini wax. Ah! A fall. <gasps> we'll do it all. All right. It's time to face the music.
I Everything in this yeah. movie super fun. Because <laughs> that's right at the beginning. I go, did Matt just... I, I, the note I wrote down at the very bottom here is, did Matt just trick me into watching a musical? Because right <laughs> when that song comes on, I was like, oh, it's got songs. Yeah. Because I, I really went into this basically not knowing anything. That's the way to go into this movie. <laughs> like... And they're like putting her face in a computer and like, oh, we're going to make you blue-eyed and blonde. And before I know it, she's dressed up like a... There is a montage in the video where she's going through all the different outfits of like the dominatrix, I think she yeah, was, yeah, and she a couple to... other things. I was like, "Whoa, this is this is probably the best makeover I've ever seen." Yeah, like it is. It is literally an '80s music video dropped right into this film, which already is oozing with style, but still, just like yeah, you, it, it's like, oh fuck, this is a musical, and here is like the music video for it. Yeah, and I watched. I watched the first half of this film with Sarah in the room and right when Gina Davis comes out in like a towel and you see how thin she is. She's like so thin in this. And Sarah asked, oh, was she a model? I had no idea. I had to look it up. Yeah, she was a model. Really? I didn't know that. I just know her as Academy Uh, Award winning actress. (laughs) Well, when you put her next to Julie Brown, she looks nine foot tall. Yeah, she's so tall. She's like, she is stacked but she's so thin i know she's she's almost too thin see i've never been attracted to gina davis uh it's it's not body shaming tall thin women (laughs) they get you know what they they they're models they'll they'll be fine uh it's just something about gina davis gina davis to me i think is always stuck as the vision of her as the grandma in the league of her own and like um, I can't get it out of my head. See, I I actually kind of feel the same way. Not again, not shaming her or anything. Just like I've never been attracted to Gina Davis because I watched. I think it's just because I watched Beetlejuice so much as a kid. It almost feels familial. Like it almost feels like she's a member of my family. You know, like I'm like I can't be attracted to her because I grew up with her. <laughs> That's freaking incest, dog. Yeah, like I watched Beetlejuice was such a part of my life as a kid that like yeah, it would be weird. It'd be like. Yeah, family member. <laughs> if I was attracted to her, so yeah. that's how I feel. About yeah, her. I, she's great though. The uh, the man part of me is just like, just tell him the truth. It's like because you like hippie women. I'm like, it's true. It's true. I like <laughs> hips, and and she has hip bones. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's real skinny. She's real real little in this. Um, I'm actually worried about her. I think we should get her on a better diet. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I think I, she's fine. I think she does just well. Just fine on her own because she does Thelma and Louise after this. <laughs> yeah, she's... It's kind of amazing that she went through this transition of a model to a young actress to, boom, immediately winning an Academy Award. Yeah, and doing shit like Beetlejuice and this and then Thelma and Louise and all these fucking amazing well, the, movies. The Transylvania movie. She, yeah, Transylvania 65000. So when she's looking through these these scripts, she clearly has a fun personality. Oh yeah, I want to like I want to fucking hang out with Gina Davis though. Like I'm not attracted to her, but I want her to be my best friend. Like <laughs> she's got good taste in movies, and she seems super fun. <laughs> Just don't bring up Cutthroat Island. Yeah, I probably won't because I forgot that was a thing. Just I've like never even else. seen it. I've never seen it either. Yeah, I'm, and I. I might go my whole life with never seeing it. I think I'll be okay. Or we'll end up reviewing it for this <laughs> for show. This. <laughs> God damn it. You're right. 
we'll just we'll keep this moving because uh, I want people to watch this movie and I don't want to tell you guys everything that happens in it. But like we get the aliens crash landing after we get an amazing animated sequence of credits. I love animation oh, credits. Yeah. Love them. Need them more in films. It's a lot of fun when you get a little bit of animation. Uh, it always reminds me of Night of the Demons. Yes, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. City slickers. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's fucking awesome. And that's where we get the theme song. The Earth Girls are easy theme. This is theme song September. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is where we get the theme song over the uh, animated credits. Not my favorite song in the movie, though. Uh, We're yeah, it's to oh, my favorite song in the movie I, soon. <laughs> you already know what it is, yeah, and we yeah. haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it basically turns into, like, just, again, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans, and Jeff Goldblum. They kind of split up the movie here. This turns into, like, Jim Carrey and Damon Wayans going off... Being silly. Being silly, while Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis are falling in love. Yes, that is basically what the movie is, interspersed with songs, because Gina Davis is with a guy she's going to marry, and they he won't have sex with her at all. And he doesn't know she doesn't know what she's doing wrong. She's really bummed out about it. And yeah, she wants to be with Ted, this guy who is uh, Charles Rocket, from famously fired from Saturday Night Live, is the dickhead husband in there he'll always be the guy in dumb and dumber to me yeah he's great he oh he plays these asshole parts so well but i bet he's a great dude i don't know maybe he's an asshole i don't know but he plays assholes really well um he also played the dad in um pocus pocus he was the the dad i thought he was the dad i don't think he's i think you're thinking somebody else is the dad in hocus pocus damn it who am i thinking of we must know is oh no actually i think you're right before we get to it, I actually think you're right. No, he's not. There he is. Charles Rocket. Oh, you're right. You're right. Know. Okay. No, that's the kid. Yeah, you were right. I was wrong. Yeah. Who Charles Rocket is the dad in Hocus Pocus. That movie's fucking awesome. Holy shit. Doug Jones is in Hocus Pocus? He's the corpse. Oh, Billy. Yeah, he's the zombie guy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. We're learning so much. We're learning. We're going on an adventure. <laughs> an adventure through film. That's what our podcast could be called. But instead, we're analog chunks. <laughs> and ad- colon, an adventure through film. <laughs> <laughs> Just writing new podcasts. <laughs> when they shave them and reveal them, uh, the other makeover, yes. I guess you could say. Yes. When Jim Carrey comes out blonde, it shocked me for a second. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> and, like, you're used to Jim Carrey being silly-ass Jim Carrey. He, you forget, like, he's a good-looking dude, too. Like, when they kind of revealed him there, you're like, yeah. oh, man. Like, he could be, like, a surfer L.A. guy. Like, it, he totally fits that mold. They reveal Damon Wayans. And, like, the hilarious thing is you hear her voice say oh my god you're black (laughs) but him saying it like so that means that in this in the scene we don't see she says that to him (laughs) yeah joey brown says it to him yeah because we hear it in her voice and then we get a reveal of so i usually have once a year i try to do it more than once a year i have friends over and we watch movies and i usually pluck stuff that people have never seen or heard of or whatever and make my friends watch it this was our first movie night we ever did i chose this one and it was early on in the day too and the moment that jeff goldblum is revealed after he's been shaved a room of probably eight to ten people girls and guys screamed when he walks out (laughs) like 
the dudes were like, damn. And all the girls were like, I'm pregnant. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, is Jeff Goldblum good looking in that shot? Because I feel like he looks a little tired, but apparently I am completely wrong. Yes, I think you are wrong because I think he is a stud when he comes out of there. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's just never going to be better as when he was in. He was Dr. Malcolm in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I mean... I'll take all eras of Jeff Goldblum. I'll take then. I'll take this one. I'll take now. Dude's a... No, he's a he's a nerdy rock star. Yeah, absolutely. He's a fucking rock star. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that was like his rock star moment when he's revealed there. Um, yeah, and we also, at this point, to get another song. The, Gina Davis has a song in here where she sings about getting left by Charles Rocket and trying to figure out what's wrong with her. Oh, and yeah. Like that because she got her makeover and he didn't go for it because he's cheating on her, of course. Uh, with the he's a doctor so he's a dick and not all doctors are dicks but in 80s movies if you're a doctor you're a dick that's just the well he's, um. he's he's an 80s yuppie yeah so they're dicks yeah they're dicks in almost every film yes 80s yuppies are always dicks and he yeah. is an 80s yuppie doctor and he's sleeping with his either nurse or secretary or something like that uh and yeah she has this song and she sings that too which i didn't know I waited. Oh until, like, yeah, I was she wondering. She actually that. sings that song. It doesn't even sound like her voice, but she's Julie Brown, Gina Davis. You know, like multi-talented, yeah, superstars here. Why don't you save some of the talent for <laughs> us? I mean, stop sucking it all up. Damn. Then the movie is hijinks, um, and Julie Brown is help them assimilate to the world. Everybody sort of takes to the idea that they're aliens like very easily, like. Like, they freak yeah. out, but yeah. Gina Davis is like, they're aliens. Like, this is crazy. I can't believe aliens would land in my pool. But, like, this that's what happened here. Well, <laughs> and their neighbor, uh, what's his face? Um, Michael Mc, uh, McKean. Oh, uh, he's the pool cleaner. He's the, the pool, pool cleaner. Yeah. yeah he's, the pool boy. He's just like, oh, got something in your pool, huh? All right, you guys want to go to a club? <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> I love, you know, Jim Carrey's really funny in this. Damon Wayans is really funny in it. Julie Brown is amazing in this. But Michael McKean takes this movie, shoves it under his arm, and runs away with it. Like, he had me laughing out loud. I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but it's been a while since I've seen it last. And watching this, I was laughing out loud at some of his lines in this movie. He's just really talented. It's almost like you could give him any script, and he's like, oh, don't worry, I can find a way to make it better. Yeah, and he nails it. Like, he's this empty-headed surfer pool boy and he's just like talking about the waves man i've never seen him play a character like this it's hysterical yeah i want it i want a whole movie of this character because every scene he's in he just has he's got like one he's a sniper with his one line he just comes in and says one fucking really funny line and then they move on and i'm like god damn it michael mckean you steal this movie well he progresses the the movie forward and finally gets them to the club and when Damon Wayans has the dance off, yeah, with the professional dancer, and it's great. Oh, I love that scene. Like that, Damon Wayans just looks like he's having a blast. Yes, it's so fun to watch Damon Wayans have fun. <laughs> yeah, and part of me thinks years from now when I think about this film, I think I might just think about the dance off because it's just wacky. Yeah, and and. Like I said, the guy who he's having the dance off with is like a famous professional dancer, naturally. 
But Dan Williams yeah. keeps up. And Dan Williams has got, like, rubber arms. Like, he is flipping himself over the bars and everything yeah. with, like, the greatest of ease. He, like, lifts himself up to, like, the second level. Like, it's nothing. Like, he, he is, like, made of rubber in this scene. I always forget how good of a physical comedy actor he was. Yeah. Because, I mean, Jim Carrey, on the other hand, I mean, physical comedy was his thing for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what type of actor he was until probably Liar Liar, where I'm like, oh, oh, you can kind of play a straight man. Yeah. And then, you know, then we get all of his other films. And then we get dramas and things like that. Yeah, when he does The Truman Show, that's where I was like, Jim Carrey can act. And then Man Over the Moon. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. No, Man or the Moon is when he couldn't control himself acting anymore. <laughs> and then like, and then Eternal Sunshine after that, where oh, he just yeah. fucking rocks it, like knocks it out of the park. Damn. Yeah, dude's a great actor. Dude's a legit great actor. Yeah, no kidding. We, we take Jim Carrey for granted, I think. Well, it's because he's got his Jim Carrey movies where I'm like, I just can't watch them, like The Grinch. I, I know you said you'd revisit that. I would, but back. it's a yeah. bad movie. But there's so yeah. many, like, like Ace Ventura... The Mask, uh, Liar Liar. What other ones do I just like love? I don't know. There's a whole bunch. Dumb and Dumber. That, yeah, I mean, Dumb and Dumber love. and The Mask will always be like just in a, a cubby hole, like a special place. Because I watched him as a kid growing up and fell in love with what he did. Yeah, I, I think a whole generation of us fell in love yeah. with what he did. He was on top of the world. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, so I think we took him. We still take him for granted. Uh, I hope his show does really well. This kidding show that's going to be on Showtime. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. I, I mean, well. I, I just hope he gets himself back together. Yeah, I know he's having a hard time right now. And dealing with politics and stuff like that has really worn on him. But I hope, I hope, uh, I hope he bounces back. And I hope we remember how great we had it when Jim Carrey was in like every movie every summer <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Carrey and Will Smith that's basically my summers as a kid we gotta put them together that's the solution <laughs> and, with Kevin Costner <laughs> and um, Steven Spielberg yes put all of that in a soup and see what we get <laughs> yes Will Smith Steven Spielberg Jim Carrey Kevin Costner art I think we're gonna get the greatest movie of all time if we put those together <laughs> Uh, I'll watch it. So in the in the scene where Damon Wayans has like dance off, uh, Jim Carrey hooks up with Julie Brown, uh, and she, oh, shit, she's, she's like she's like okay, I'll hook up with you or whatever. Um, he he does a thing where he's got like a really long tongue or something like that. There's like an animation yeah. of like a giant tongue, and she's like, I'll have that, please. <laughs> All the girls want him at the club when he does the tongue thing, and Julie Brown's like, nope, mine. And then they end up hooking up in the movie. I also love how Julie Brown jumps right into it, but later on in the movie, Gina Davis is like, we can't, I mean, you're an alien, and when you leave, the phone bill's going to be ridiculous. And, yeah. And you're and Julie Brown, on the other hand, is like, I'll have that. Yeah, that's what I love about Julie Brown's character in this. She is just, like, sexually free, just having a good time. She's like, yeah, I'm kind of like the valley girl stereotype of a bimbo, but, like, I'm just going to embrace it. I'm just going to hook up with hot dudes and everything like that. Well, also, does she own her own business? Does she own yeah. that salon? Yeah, or? yeah she, like a, she's, a, she, she's a business she, owner. Either, even if she doesn't own it, she runs the place. Yeah. So yeah. either way, she's fucking on top of the world, so... Yeah, she's awesome. She's a great character in this. 
Are you saying that Julie Brown is a role model for young ladies? In a way, yeah. In a way, yeah. <laughs> I would show this to uh, if I had a if I had a kid. I would show this to a kid and be like, right, "Well, she's positive. She's <laughs> got a job. Yeah, she's confident in herself. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's pretty much and very talented. Yeah, um, I'd say that's a role model. She that's did a role it. Model. She hit it, hit it out of the park, and then be like, "Hey, kids, she wrote this movie too that you just watched. <laughs> Better than Charles Barkley." Okay. <laughs> this is the episode where our listeners find out that Steve just hates Charles Barkley. <laughs> I think he's delightful, but I think he's also an asshole. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hijinks ensue uh, with the aliens. Uh, they've, they blend in. Um, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum hook up, naturally. Uh, she doesn't know if it's a good idea or whatever, and he just basically strips in front of her, and she's like, melts. She's just like, yep, take me. <laughs> As any probably woman would if Jeff Goldblum stripped in front of them, though. Like, yeah, because there's like a penis joke. She's like, I don't even know if we're atomically correct for whatever she says, and then she's like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then they hook up, but then Charles Rocket comes back and is like, well, we can get married now. And she's like conflicted then. What does she do? She's got this great alien guy, but now the guy she was going to marry uh, wants her back in, a, in his life. I think there's only one thing you truly can do. Get in that rocket ship and leave. Well, before they do that, <laughs> the boys got to go to the beach, which uh, Jeff Goldblum doesn't go, but Damon Wayans and Jim Carrey are on their way to the beach with Michael McKean, which is just a great section of the movie here. But it gets to... When we see the beach, my favorite scene in this whole movie, my favorite song in this whole movie, the fucking masterpiece that is, Cause I'm a Blonde. Which is Julie Brown singing about being blonde and just getting whatever she wants in this life because she is a blonde at the beach showing off. And yeah. she's going to be, she doesn't have to worry about anything in her life because she's blonde and everything's going to be handed to her. It is so good. Like, if you never see this movie, if you're like, this doesn't sound like for me, you've got to see this section. Well, here. it's really good satire of a valley girl right. at the beach. It's so smart. It's so, like, ahead of its time, like, satire of beach Well, what's bimbos. funny is it's a woman who's very talented singing about, hey, if you're just pretty, you can get whatever you want. Right. And you and can be stupid. It's so smart because she's so smart and, like, nails this. And it's a whole, like, song and dance sequence as she's going through the beach. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, and wasn't she known as a redhead, which is also funny? yeah. yeah. She, like, well, she dyes her hair. And yeah. Like, she right. says, like, I went blonde, so now I can get whatever I want. Yeah, it's really funny. It is my favorite song also in the movie. Right when it came on, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is gold. Yeah, I mean, just a spoiler alert. I'm not going to put this in the museum 
because yeah. it's it's so easy it's so obvious to put in the museum but i think there should just be a special wing of the museum just dedicated right, well, to this section of when, the movie. <laughs> when they walk into this section you know this movie's little wing it'll that will be the song playing above them yes even yes. though this movie was picked off the theme song <laughs> yeah which is not that memorable like the least memorable song maybe in the movie is the theme song um but uh, That's it's okay. Funny. Yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and basically it is a back and forth. Uh, is she gonna go with? Is Gina Davis gonna go with Jeff Goldblum? Or is she gonna go with Charles Rocket? And eventually she chooses Charles Rocket, which is kind of a surprise. And then chaos ensues, and in the end she's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go on your spaceship. I'm gonna go back to your planet with you, Jeff Goldblum." And Julie Brown's like, "See ya, <laughs> have fun." Yeah, she's like. <laughs> Bye, friend. I, I, you know, when that happened, I go, well, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, she's got to. It's this weird, wacky film, so what's why not have a weird, wacky ending? That's basically the plot of the movie, and that's basically what happens throughout the movie. But, like, the visuals are so, like, 80s MTV striking mm-hmm. stuff. Like, this movie is very visually appealing. Even if you're not super into the story, which I don't know how you could not be, but if you were not into the story, the visuals would keep you hooked as well. Like... Uh, Julian Temple does an amazing job sort of injecting life into every shot in this movie. Yeah, I mean, speaking of MTV, I know they wanted Madonna to play the lead role. Really? Yeah, I don't know what happened. So it went through like Madonna, Molly Ringwall, Elizabeth Shue, a bunch of these actresses. Uh, When I was looking stuff up on this, this started as a script in 1985 that the WB had. Warner Brothers you know kind of like couldn't get anyone to finance it and when they did they pulled out and so i just went through years of that crap where you're like i don't know if i want to make this script and then finally out of all people dila de Laurentiis, you know the people that did yeah. bill and ted they in came, a very similar story because yeah. didn't bill and ted start one of those too I and, think it did. Yeah, and then, yeah. then De Laurentiis came and snagged it. He came and, uh, or they came and they snagged it. And then they went bankrupt, remember? Mm-hmm. And so they had a hard time getting this one off the ground until finally this distribution company, uh, Vestron, came through and said, hey, you know what? If you cut the budget by $4 million, make this $10 million, we'll help you finance half of it. And they shot the movie. In a way. And Gina Davis came along and uh, Jeff Goldblum. And I, I don't know how all that casting came together, but it's it's so weird because this film barely got a release date. It was barely in the box office. It cost $10 million, got a box office of 3.9. And it wasn't even popular on videotape. It became popular on syndication. Yeah, it, how I saw it. Yeah. I never, my video store did not have this tape. I, I don't think mine did either. Like, I, it must not have carried. This is, uh, I've seen this poster that is on the box art here, but this is the first time I've ever seen this tape. Yeah. No, and when I picked up this tape, I picked it up because it was the only time I have ever seen yeah. this tape in the wild. Like, the only time. So I had to snag it right away. And at that point, I had seen the movie because I got this at that video store that closed that is in several of these stories <laughs> of our episodes. I grabbed it there. Yeah. Did um, you know this was a play in 2001 for a brief moment? Really? I bet it was great. Eh, no one really got to see it except potential investors, I guess. Mm. Maybe a few, like, test crowds. But uh, they put it together. They had no original music. They basically are just playing 80s pop songs and whatever was in this. 
and um, it debuted a week after 9-11. Yikes. Bad timing. Yikes. People weren't ready for that yet. So <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> if they did that now, do you know how much of a fucking smash this would be with like how everything is ironic and how everything is like 80s nostalgia and, you know, like imagine a play with that because I'm a blonde song in it right now. Fucking, I can see that I'm printing the money in my head right now for it. I do wonder how this would play to a modern audience in a in like a musical, yeah. I, in Broadway or you know anything like that. Because um, I'm sure someone's looking at all this '80s nostalgia for something like that right now to cash in before it ends. This is it, guys. Like this is what you need to do and get Julie Brown back to write a few more songs. Done. Print money. Yeah, she'd probably do it. She'd, she'd do be it, like, yeah, right still, on. She's still working, so I'm sure she'd do it. Um, uh, the last behind the scenes that I found in this was, because uh, I'm a blonde, wasn't even originally part of this script. It was added at the very end to um, punch it up, as they called it. I guess you can tell when I read about it and then I watched the video again. It's shot after the movie. We hadn't had a song in a while. We had the dance scene, but we hadn't had a song in a while in the movie until this one. Mm-hmm. Because basically, that's the last song in the movie, too. We yeah. sort of finish the plot, and then it's over. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. But it's fucking a masterpiece, so I'm so glad it got stuck in here. I'm assuming it's this good because it had... Like, she could... Julie Brown could just focus on that song and yeah. not, like, write an entire movie's... Yeah. Uh, an entire movie worth of songs so that was incredible i i found that uh fascinating tidbit for our behind the scenes i completely suggest this i know you do <laughs> yeah i fucking wholeheartedly suggest it but then also i love this movie seek it out if you've never seen it or heard of it and you're like this sounds wild and nuts it is and it's way weirder than i think we're selling it as to it's a it fucking is. bizarre movie <laughs> Well, it's hard to describe all the weird visuals in this. Yes, there's a lot of weird visuals. It's a story. It just takes all kinds of weird turns. But, like, you've got to see it. You've got to see it. But then on the second second tier of that, if you find this VHS, it's not, like, a super rare one, but it is super rare to find in the wild. Yeah. You'll catch this on eBay or Amazon for, like, 8 bucks or something. It's not, like, a super rare, super expensive mm-hmm. one. But you never see this in thrift stores or anything like no. that. So if you do, snag it immediately. Like, absolutely add this to your collection. Yeah, you probably never see this at thrift stores or anything like that. It's because collectors like you and me would immediately grab it. Yeah, and it's not worth anything. Like, you're not, you don't grab it and try to sell it on eBay for hundreds of dollars or fucking Black Diamond Disney tapes prices or whatever. You'll get laughed at. (laughs) Yeah, it will not sell like that. But for a collector, it's kind of hard to find, you know, in the wild, in a thrift store. So definitely snag this one. Definitely. I guess ready for the museum? Let's let's move on to the museum here. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. So every week here, we take something from the movie and put it in our museum. And it's something that we really treasure and love or it's something that we really don't like and we put in the museum so that we can learn from it. What what are you putting in the museum this week? Dance off. <laughs> it's uh, a great scene. I could watch that scene like on repeat. I honestly could watch this fucking movie on repeat, but I could watch that scene on repeat like all day long. I mean, it would just bring me joy. Damon Wayans was doing things that I forgot he could do. Yeah. 
he's just extremely talented. Because I usually think Damon Wayne's more of like... My Wife and Kids, like his like sitcom leader. No, I, I was thinking like, was think it Bulletproof him. with Adam Sandler? Oh, and then yeah. he had The Last Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of comedy I see him in, where he can also play an action star mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, where we get Axel Foley and he can do so much. And then you got Damon Wayans kind of doing it. That's the Damon Wayans I always think of. I kind of forget about the In Living Color Damon Wayans. Yeah. And this just reminded me of it. And the dance off is just like, wow. That's a great clip show right there. <laughs> just fun. Yeah, and I mean, like, the 80s club it's set in is the most 80s club you can ever imagine. Yeah. I think because this is 1989, it is basically just the culmination of everything 80s. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the 80s just slamming everything well, together at that point. It's also a mixture of that early 90s, like, ridiculous amount of colors, like yeah. Fresh Prince of yeah. Bel-Air, mm-hmm. where, I mean, God, I gotta find a way to get Will Smith in every fucking... Um... <laughs> we gotta get him on the show. <laughs> get, let's get Big Willie up in here. You're Jake Busey's biggest fan. I'm Will Smith's I'm biggest fan. But uh, it it was like that, that early 90s, like hip hop, just bright colors. Mm -hmm. Remember LL Cool J when he used to come out in like bright orange? Yeah. And those bucket hats. Yeah. That was great. I I miss that LL Cool J too. You always forget that that is an LL Cool J because now you're so used to him being like NCIS LL Cool J now. (laughs) Or or when I grew up, he was, you know, uh, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Halloween H2O. Yeah. That LL Cool J. Yeah. Like I said, I want to put a special like wing of this section to be because I'm a blonde, but that's a little bit too on the nose. I'm going to put, I'm going to put it because... Maybe because of the reaction I had watching it with friends or just, like, the, the way it shook me when it happened and I realized Jeff Goldblum was a fucking rock star. The transformation scene has got to go in the museum for me. Okay, Val, are you ready? I think they're almost done. Okay, with the big red one, I went for the blonde surfer look. Wow. Which one is that? Good luck. We are human now. I don't believe it. He's even cute. I know. Bitchin', huh? Val, you won't believe this. Okay. Surprise! Is that Zebo? Oh my god, you're like totally black! behind him he comes out and he's this fucking rock star it almost changed some things for me (laughs) (laughs) i was like damn that's a man (laughs) yeah i (laughs) that's a solid choice Uh, i cannot argue that that's a that's a scene too where i think of i go wow they went hardcore like how are we going to reveal him and how is it not going to be awesome because It, it would like just looking at Jeff Goldblum, you're like, well, okay, he's attractive, he's gonna sell it. 
but we need we need some pizzazz. Yes. We need we need like the Jeff Goldblum is hot moment. <laughs> like, and they withhold it too because they're like they give you Jim Carrey first, then they give you Damon Wayans, and then they talk for a little bit, and then they're like, oh yeah, here's the reveal. Of, oh, we didn't forget our star. <laughs> and then he comes out, and it's like, damn, he's the end in this movie too. Like in a movie filled I, with all these actors, he is the end. Well. <laughs> It would have been pretty ballsy to not put Gina Davis first build. Yeah, she is the star of this movie. She just won an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. and she just won an Oscar, and she carries this movie. I mean, Julie Brown gets the introducing because she this is her first film. Yes, yeah. Um, but like Jeff Goldblum is the and in this. See, I thought Julie Brown she must have gone as a different name or something like that because I thought she was in a couple really shitty horror films before this. Mm, I don't think so. I think this was it. I, let's check she, that. Maybe after. <laughs> well, I wonder. I was like, man, was it after? Did, did no one want to give her... Um, I guess just put Julie Brown. Bloody Birthday, 1981. Yeah, I think she was in Scarecrow and Miss King as a TV series. But I've seen her in like clips before she got to Earth Girls. What? She was in Police Academy 2? Really? But I think this Bloody Birthday is Just like one. the first thing she ever did. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen this film. Yeah, I think this is the one where she shows her uh, her boobies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before this is definitely before MTV. So this is I guess this introducing in this movie is her as her new persona, as her like VJ persona. Yeah. Everything I, before that was her like trying her hand at acting, and then the VJ persona happened, and then that's why it's probably introducing for Earth Girls. Yeah, that's why like, I don't know, but I do wonder if she went as a different name in the credits, even though they're not listing it here in IMDb. Whatever. Doesn't which, matter. She's just, still working, which is insane yeah. to me. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> little tidbits of uh, factoids. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, does that, uh, does that conclude our episode for Earth Girls? I think so. I mean, you want to tell them your last tape of uh, soundtrack... Uh, September is that what we're calling this? What is this called? Either soundtrack September or theme song September, whatever works ah, for you. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yes, we uh, we know what the essence of it is. Yes. So we've we've covered we've covered Wild Wild West. We've covered everything I do I do for you. We've covered Earth Girls Are Easy. We're gonna end the month with the Goonies that are good enough with the Goonies. Oh man! You guys have been waiting for us to do this since we started this, and, and we're gonna give it to you. <laughs> this is one where we both have the tape, but I think do we have different tapes? I have a re-release. I don't know what you. Yeah, have. I have the clamshell. I don't think mine is a clamshell. Yeah, I think we both have different tapes here, which is oh, I love it when this happens. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm interested in what kind of trailers you're gonna have on here. Yes. Then. Uh, but yeah, we are finally doing the Goonies. We're actually, and we're coming up on our one year. This is going to yeah. be like our last episode of this year, basically. Yeah, I think we should cover um, a film that, I mean, that we're loosely based on, uh, or not based on, but we loosely like. Maybe maybe we should do like a, uh, a secret, super secret, not so secret, because we're going to tell everyone Indiana Jones episode. Yeah, uh, but maybe we'll make it special. We won't just... We'll yeah. just put it out there like normal. We're going to do something special with this for the one-year anniversary. Are you saying we're finally going to invest in t-shirt guns? 
and finally gonna invest. I've been waiting to shoot mine off for fucking six months. Are you kidding me? I'm pretty sure we should never get t-shirt guns. We'll, we'll go blind. Well, we'd just be sitting here recording episodes, firing it at each other more likely than not. So. Oh, my girlfriend would be so pissed. <laughs> but um, we would be so happy. You said that in such a way where you were like, "But I'm gonna get one anyway." <laughs> Oh, never give a man his own recording room. Because <laughs> he's going to do shit like that. Yeah, he's, you're going to buy a t-shirt gun. <laughs> All right, let's end this off. And finally, we get an episode under an hour. Uh, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. You can listen to us on a lot of different podcast things, Podbean, Anywhere you whatever. get your podcasts, yeah. you can get us. Google Play seems to be a very popular one. Good. That's what I have. Yeah. I don't listen to us but anymore. It's too hard to keep up. We do so many episodes. <laughs> I try not to listen to us because I have to edit us. Yeah, you hear enough of us. You I'm just tired of our voices. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to keep up on these movies, man. We're burning through them. <laughs> I, I feel like the end of summer, you and I have just gone crazy. And I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't plan this. My brain has been melting. I think, actually, with Horrorama, uh, I think just 2018, my brain has fucking been melting. And, like, uh, I haven't... It's been so hard to keep up on stuff. But, like, right now, I'm doing some traveling and stuff, but, like, my life really slows down now. So now I'm, like, really going to, like, enjoy these movies. <laughs> I'm very excited to go through our October, which we'll announce at, in the Goonies episode and uh, thereon afterwards, so... It's going to be a very calm October. Let's hope. <laughs> One can only hope. I'm lying. I know, it's going to be fucking nuts again. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, uh, remember to be kind. And rewind. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here, too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so resistant against because it? Because don't you start. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless Seat. <laughs> Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman, I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Bazungas? Tatas? Dirty pillows? Uh, I, I like boobs, too. Can, can I call them fun bags? No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com.